Welcome in the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app, whether that's Apple or Android. Spotify is a great place to get us on both. Also, check out our show on Dash Radio. You can download Dash Radio. We're there on the Nothing But Net channel every day at 7 p.m. throughout the NBA season. We also, well, you can find me on OnSideRadio.com every day at 10 o'clock where I cover more than the heat. And you can find all of our free content at FiveReasonsSports.com. Spell it out, F-I-V-E, ReasonsSports.com. That's where Brady Hawk is writing like three or four stories a day. And of course, we got Josh Houts and David Fernandez and others on the Dolphins. Also check out the great sponsors, of the five reasons sports network that includes one of our longest sponsors our friends over at seltzer mayberg their office is right there in north miami right off of i-95 but they handle cases from all over the state this is where you want to go if you got a slip and fall you've had a driving accident you've got a you had a ticket they will help you get it tossed out they'll do it at a low rate so you don't have to worry about it so check out our friends at seltzer mayberg it's onecalllegal.com that's o-n-e calllegal.com. Say hello to David and Cassandra and everybody else down there, Eric, Mendy. They do a great job there. They got a great staff and they certainly can help you with your problems. So again, it's onecalllegal.com. That's a Seltzer Mayberg law firm right there in North Miami. And now today's episode. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick. With Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reason Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Here is today's floor plan. I've got Alex Toledo. You can find him at Tropical Blanket. I've got Greg Sylvander. You can find him at Greg Sylvander since he changed that handle a little bit ago. We're going to talk about this upcoming back-to-back against the Milwaukee Bucks. We just did an episode on Precious Achua, so make sure you check that out and some of the rotation issues. We will get into the rotation a little bit today. Alex and I went through it, but more so we're going to deal with the immediacy of Jimmy Butler's injury. I reported after the Heat announced that he was doubtful for game one that he's likely to actually miss multiple games at this stage. He aggravated the ankle in the first half against New Orleans, but it looks like he's going to give this some time to heal. It is not considered to be a long-term injury, but they obviously don't want this to get away from them early in the season where it becomes a nagging problem. Uh, Let me go to you on this first, Greg. How would you expect Jimmy to be replaced in the starting lineup? Again, if you're looking at a back-to-back against the Bucs. It's tough to know whether you would choose to replace him with a player that is situational and merely based on matchup driven decisions related to playing Milwaukee in back-to-back games. Or if you're looking for, as you met, as you alluded to him missing multiple games, are you looking for kind of the player that can slot in for Jimmy for an extended stretch? And when I say extended, like, let's just say it's 10 days. Um, then that encompasses four games or something like that. I'm completely just speculating there that you would have a player that you could keep con- some consistency in your lineup. Um, and to that point, there's a part of me that almost thinks that there could be an opportunity here for a guy like Mo Harkless to get a chance to kind of get some additional run. I, I, there was Kendrick Nunn noise on the timeline today. I didn't really understand 100% how that came to be. But as I look at the lineup, um, you know, now that they've kind of decided it appears to go big with Myers and Bam up front, 
And now you have Jimmy out of the lineup. I feel like Duncan Robinson slots in um, at the, and I know we're positionless, but the quote unquote three hero makes for a nice two guard. So maybe I'm overthinking it and it's Goran Dragic plugs in and that's your plug and play guy. But I mean, I can make a case for A.B. Bradley, but I, I also just have a feeling that they're going to try to keep things as status quo as possible from a, a role perspective. And it's going to be a guy like Akpala, Harkless, Sir Iggy. Well, we know, Alex, who the fans want, right? They want KZ, but we haven't seen KZ except for the final minute of the second game after he had that breakout in the preseason. I did see the Nunn conversation today. I was a little bit surprised about that, except when you consider that he was a starter last year. They've gone to him for scoring before. And then one of the things that they miss without Jimmy is obviously scoring. But KZ will give them a bigger body, a little bit more playmaking. Certainly, you would think than Harkless is providing. Who do you think he goes with? You see, I'm, I'm trying to think about it as you guys are talking through it. And there, to me, there's no obvious answer. Like, I really do think you can make a case for kind of every guy that you guys have mentioned in the past minute or so. And, like, I was thinking about it, okay, like, Goran will be a nice idea because you know how good he is at running the offense and just being confident there, whereas Hero isn't really the, you know, that type of point guard yet. But Kendrick Nunn made sense to me, too, just to, you know, kind of make him look good. I think you put, you put him next to the starters and he could have an easier time producing, especially versus the Bucks drop defense. And that's kind of you know, the last time we actually saw him produce was versus the Bucks in that second round series. Uh, Avery Bradley would make sense because, you know, they have Drew Holiday now, somebody who can give him trouble, who could switch on to Middleton at times, you know, for, a, you know, a possession or two. Like, I do think you can go, like, w whether it's Iguodala or Harkless or or even, like, Olenek. Like, uh, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of different options here. So are you guys assuming that Myers is still starting with Bam? Because that's kind of where, if you're yeah, saying... Well, that Th that's the that's the tough one. I am too. I mean, okay. I assumed without okay, but it, it maybe changes a little without Jimmy. I I assumed with Jimmy that Myers made sense as a starter because yeah, he does know, make sense against the Bucks too. So that's against what I was... the Bucks, because because you're playing, they're going to play bigger. They're going to play Giannis at the four. You're going to play Bam against him. But now I'm thinking, okay, can you put Myers in? Who I I know he made the threes. He's got the quicker release, but he's a, a kind of a non-scorer, non-playmaker in the starting lineup. Or do you need to put someone else who's a little bit more of a playmaker in there? We've seen Spolster do that. So maybe you throw Bam back at the five and maybe you put Harkless in at the four and you take your chances there a little bit with, I don't know what, what you put him on Giannis maybe. And then you add what you've got Robinson hero and maybe you go none and you go. Yeah, really I think it's going to be none or Harkless. If we're assuming Myers is in there still, let's say, uh, you know, Myers takes I, on Brooke and Bam takes on Giannis as a defensive matchups. It kind of makes sense to, I think, either go with none or Harkless there. But again, all these guys kind of make sense. I know. What's weird about it is that this is like what we've gone back to about Jay Crowder being able to defend up. There were moments where, and, and I know that they had multiple guys on Giannis in the playoffs, but Jay Crowder's ability to spend a possession or two on Brooke Lopez and not get swallowed up and just completely dominated uh, was important. And so I just don't see a path right now to accept to, to, to expect, excuse me, Mo Harkless to be able to do that. So sizing down in this particular, you know, uh, two game series, we'll call it just seems unrealistic. I feel like you got to keep Myers in there for the Brook matchup and then Giannis and Bam matchup. And then you hope that um, Drew Holiday, that's, that's the key to this thing. I feel like you can play Goran and get by and Kendrick Nunn and you can feel good about that. If Drew Holiday is, is, being contained the 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 more that he goes off the more avery bradley's gonna have to step up in this matchup yeah and again we're making the case again that we're saying none or harkless if myers starts but 
if Myers doesn't start, that's a totally different lineup that you're looking at. I, I'm just wondering where the playmaking is going to come from in the starting lineup. That, to me, that's the issue without Jimmy. Defensively, obviously, they miss a lot without him in there. But the ball's in his hands a lot when Dragic isn't on the floor. And right now, are you really comfortable with the ball in Tyler's hands that much the way this season is forgetting started? about the franchise player, Ethan. What's that? I think you're forgetting about the franchise player. I think to me, they look at it as, okay, we've got Bam and Duncan doing their thing and we've got mm. Bam and Tyler doing their thing. I, I don't think they look at Tyler as just, you know, the, the quote-unquote point guard. Obviously, he, he turns into more of that when Jimmy's out, and especially if they're not going to start Goron next to him there. But I, I don't think they're looking at it as just Tyler. I think Bam is going to be kind of a key to all of this. Well, he is, but as Greg and I talked about, they really haven't been running the same – I mean, you and I talked about this at the game, like – they haven't really run as much of the offense through Bam as they typically do. Now, maybe and, maybe without Jimmy, they do, right? And and tomorrow night, he has to guard Giannis. So like, right. I mean, you're asking you know. a lot. You're, you're asking Bam. I know that, that he basically said Bam and Jimmy. Spolster said Bam and Jimmy are the starting point, you know, the point guards in the starting lineup. It's not really Tyler. Tyler's playing off of them and kind of finding his game where he can. But the reality is, I mean, you're asking Bam. I know he's a max player. I get it. But your third game of the season, you're asking Bam in a back-to-back <laughs> two straight days to guard Giannis and be the fulcrum of your offense. I, I got to think need hero. You need, hero. You need hero to do it or, or you need another, is there another playmaker? I see, this is why to me now you're asking a lot of Goran makes a lot of sense. Do you just start Goran? Yeah, and this is part of the point that I was going to make about Bam and, and now it connects with Goran as well. Again, with the drop defense stuff, I know we've kind of talked about it endlessly <laughs> over the past year, but the bugs have the most dramatic version of it. And we saw it in the playoffs where Brooke Lopez is just all the way back every time right. that there's a handoff or a pick and roll. And, you know, they have good perimeter defenders and that's what you need, you know, for the perimeter defender to kind of do all the work as far as taking care of the guard there. And so that's where, you know, they're very good. But as far as Brooke Lopez dropping back, that makes it really easy for Bam to actually create for Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hill, because you could just get them in a handoff and hero and Duncan are coming off of that knowing as long as I have a little bit of get room to get the shot off, there's not going to be anybody else even close to them. So I think it's going to be really easy to get Bam going as a playmaker versus the Bucks specifically. And I think continue with Goron. I mean, the mm. Goron-Bam pick and roll, we saw how effective that was versus stiff bigs. And that's exactly what Brooke Lopez is. And, look, I'm not trying to diss Brooke Lopez. He's a good, productive role player for them and is their fourth or fifth, be fifth best player. But Goran Dragic, uh, you know, sliced him up in the playoffs for a reason. So I think that would make a lot of sense to start him. And again, that's why I just think like that will be probably their best lineup. But I know Spo doesn't like messing with the whole like, you know, uh, Dragic off the bench thing, and hey, that's like yeah. its own dynamic. But he I has think to if you're talking about the best five, exactly, exactly. If you're talking about best five, that's Goron. You're right. But that, but that's part of it too. It's it's not just the qualify. I know it's a joke. It's not just the qualifying for six man of the year and and keeping the bench unit together. But it's also this chemistry that's been built with Precious at the start of the season between Dragic and him. And I don't know if Spolster is going to want to break that up right away because he's got Precious comfortable playing with a true point guard. So you've got to basically stagger that because, again, there is no true point guard in the starting lineup. I do think there's a role for none, though. I think the more that we talk through this, like if you're not going to play none now yeah, in then, this situation where you clearly need offense and a little playmaking, right, then he's done with you, right? Like that, there's nowhere for him to go. He'll get minutes in this game, if, even if he does a start. I think it, it just makes so much sense like to – to fit him in when Jimmy's not there, especially again mm -hmm. versus the Bucks, where I think he'll be able to get some easy looks. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, I, I would think that that would be the option. All right, now let's talk about it just generally what these two games mean. It's early in the season. You're playing, I mean, third and fourth game of the year. 
Giannis didn't look thrilled the other night with what happened against the Knicks. There's been a lot of strange results early in the NBA. I mean, the, what's crazy is the Christmas Day games were all basically chalk. The, the, the favorites won all of them by double digits. Okay, so that went that way. But then when you look at other particular results during the season, I mean, you've had some, you've had some strange ones. I mean, you've had, you know, again, the Clippers, you know, win their first game against the Lakers and then they're down by 50 at the half. Uh, you again, you mentioned the Bucks result. So I don't know how much to make of some of these early season results when guys are in and out. We see Irving is not playing tonight for the Nets. I, I think that'll probably continue. Dinwiddie's already hurt, uh, may miss the rest of the season. So there's been some strange things that have happened early. How much stock, Greg, do you put in these two games? How meaningful are they at this stage when you know you basically spent your summer trying to keep the cap space for Giannis? They make the move for Holiday, tried Bogdanovich, didn't work out, but you just beat them in the playoffs. I mean, not even three months ago. That's why it doesn't matter that much. I mean, I think that the the prudent approach is to say let's get a split. Like you want to you want to win one at least, and that's just in order to stay afloat in the standings. Um, but when Orlando and Cleveland are three and zero and leading the Eastern Conference, that is a clear indicator that we need to take these results with some grains of salt and just kind of see what um, what kind of shakes out going forward because it's just too early to, to start to make any firm declarations. I would say that these are the things I'm looking for most. Uh, I'm interested to see uh, the combinations that Spolstra has gotten to so far and, and, and him continuing to explore those things and what works and what doesn't. Um, I'm interested to see uh, Precious in the event that he gets the chance to defend Giannis for a possession here or there, just because I, I like, I'm interested to see that kind of stuff. So it's kind of like um, siloed moments or matchups or players throughout the game that I'm really looking at to look for progress and to look for uh, things that you can kind of see that maybe are uh, indications of sustainable stuff versus just straight wins and losses. Let's just get a split and get out of there. Yeah. I, and again, I mean, the Milwaukee result early, uh, against uh, against the Knicks. I, I don't know what we make of that. I don't really believe that the Knicks are greatly improved. But, I mean, with the Bucks, to, to you, Alex, what are the things that they need to work out? Because you liked a lot of their additions. Uh, I mean, to me, like, I think Drew Holiday, like I've said in other shows, like, he was an upgrade. I think the other additions are just fine on the scale of, you know, not really having many resources to add guys. So I think, like, they're fine in, in that sense. But they're not, like, they don't have a real playoff rotation yet. And to me, that's the thing that remains to be seen as far as this season and watching the Bucks. Like, who are the guys that you trust, right? And that's what it comes down to in the playoffs because, like, we saw him giving playing time to, like, Pat Connaughton, even in crunch time, and he was – he is god-awful on defense. He is not a playoff player. And, you know, Bryn Forbes, like, I liked him as, an, as a solid veteran addition because he could really shoot. He might be one of their best shooters. Out Do they still have Kyle Korver? No, he's a free agent. Okay, well that's that's crazy, but uh, yeah, Bryn Forbes is probably their best shooter now, so I guess he'll be in there in that rotation. He can't really do anything else outside of that, but he can, hey, he can really shoot the he, ball. He played 17 minutes in the last game. I mean, like they lost by 20 to the Knicks. Could you imagine if we were going into a Heat Bucks game, um, with the Heat just losing by 20 to the Knicks and giving up 130? The way just the vibes that would be coming off from the fan base. Yeah, yeah, it's not great, man. I mean. Look, the Bucks to me, they have about four guys you can trust right now. And, you know, it's it's strong. It's it's a good four. And I think that mm -hmm. they have enough to make the finals. But at the end of the day, and that's the one for you right there, I don't know about the rest of the rotation. I, and, I, and, you know, like I've said in other shows, I don't know how much you actually have to change the way you guard them. 
And maybe, you know, Bud will do some smarter things as far as playing pick and roll more often and not having the ball work through the top of the arc through Giannis so that the wall comes every single time and maybe not dropping so far behind, maybe switching, maybe playing Giannis more at the five. And, and maybe that, that can, is what can uh, swing a series for them. But I really don't trust their whole rotation right now. And I think that's what it is for me. All right. So let's, uh, right after the break, um, one of the things that we're going to get into here again is what's going on exactly with Akpala? Because if he, again, we talk about none. And if he doesn't play now, you kind of get the sense, again, he's out of the plans, at least for now. But Akpala, he was, Spolster was asked about Akpala today. He said, you know, he's making strides in practice. He's shown things in practice. He's stacking some good practices together. So when do we actually think they will unleash KZ after this word from Manscaped? We'll get back to our episode here in a second. Before we do, I want to tell you about another of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. You know, Knicks are no good in the NBA. You're familiar with that? The Knicks are no good? Well, Knicks are no good when you're shaving certain parts of your body either. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. I never thought I would actually say that on a podcast and just released the new and improved lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean, premium, the battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Make sure you trim yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code 5RSN at manscaped.com. And now this is where I end my career. Your balls will thank you. And now back to the episode. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. The Casey Akpala question is the one that we're getting the most. I feel, guys, to a certain degree, like, you know, again, this is Heat fans like looking for the shiny new toy. It's always the player that they haven't seen that much. I mean, back in the day, it was Michael Beasley or others. It's always the guy who's not playing, who's the guy who's going to change the entire dynamic for him. But the problem is Heat fans were teased in the preseason by Akpala and they saw more than just flashes. I mean, they saw basically the thing we didn't know Akpala had, which was a consistent three point game to go with all the other skill set skills that he showed at the G league, or that was talked about with when he was drafted by the heat in the second round, they gave up three picks to get him. When do you actually think Greg, that they will unleash KZ? I mean, initially my first thought was that it was undeniably going to be in this Milwaukee uh, back-to-back situation because Jimmy was going to be out. I felt like it was the perfect moment to slide in a similarly sized wing player into the Jimmy role, not from a functional perspective, but just from a positional perspective. Uh, But then you hear the Kendrick Nunn stuff. And as we just unpacked it on this podcast, you can see why they would lean in Nunn's direction, but there's a couple things in play here. One is, uh, Uh, foul trouble and the opportunity for a player to get a look. If somebody's not looking great, if Mo Harkless does get minutes early, uh, maybe off the bench and it's just, uh, you know, doesn't show up, then you go to KZ early or here's the other one. 
if you got a guy like Chris Middleton who can't miss, and we've seen him playing games against Miami where he just can't miss, uh, maybe you try KZ in some sort of defensive approach, wiry, he's got the length. So so there's, there's circumstances that can get him on the floor. My gut feeling says in one of these two games against Milwaukee, we are going to see an, an extended stretch from KZ. But um, I, I feel for Heat fans because they just want to see that potential, and it's, it's coming, but uh, there's also some winning that needs to be done done too so there's a balance there Alex what do you think would be the concern I mean I have some hunches based on the history of the heat and making guys earn spots and then kind of being in the right defensive place at the right time which sometimes is not that easy for fans or even media to see but what do you think would be the issue or is it just bodies at this point to me it's a little bit of everything but if I had to pick one thing over the others it's what you said it's the bodies and it's specifically just a glut in the front court that they have and and like, like we talked about on the last show, right? We don't know what the exact rotation is right now. It can kind of go a lot of different ways. It feels like they have about 12 guys that can really be a part of the rotation and probably should be a part of a rotation. But, and I guess they have different ways they can figure it out. To me, it seems like KZ is set to play in at least one of these games. It just makes too much sense. Like Leif said, especially with like the size that the, the Bucks have, you can throw KZ on Chris Middleton and feel pretty good about it. Maybe not, at, you know, right at the end of a game, but Throughout the game, like, I think there, there will be opportunities for him throughout the season. I think there will be. But it seems like he might be number 12 right now. I don't know if you guys get that same vibe, but it seems like he's not – like, if you had to, you know, kind of have, like, a batting order, he would, be, he would be last, number 12, as far as those 12 rotation guys. And uh, Spo mentioned something on the call that he kind of wants KZ to, you know, kind of stand out in his role and make stuff happen from there. And I think he did a really good job of that in his second game versus Toronto, as opposed to that first preseason game. But I think it's just going to come down to that. He's going to need every time that he needs to, that he gets those minutes, he needs to stand out. And I think that's what it comes down to. He needs to stand out in his role. Greg, let's finish here. Um, we're looking at this early season schedule. You and I have talked about it a lot here about the fact that the heat really don't catch any breaks. I mean, there's, it takes a little while to get to the Detroit. You got Dallas, you don't really play a lot of these garbage teams early. And again, some of these teams are in different places because they didn't play for so long and we're seeing some variance of results, but you want to be obviously fattening up on some bad teams to build some confidence. There aren't a lot of those. And now, you know, I'm thinking they miss Jimmy for the next two. Maybe it's the one after that. What is reasonable for them to get out of this sort of first 10 game stretch? I initially was as, um, concerned about it as I think most heat fans are when you kind of look at the the teams that they're up against Milwaukee twice, Dallas in Dallas. Um, but then, you know, you hearken back to seeing the results that have happened early in the season. And some, some, so much is unpredictable that like the fact that they have Boston twice. Uh, yeah. Those could be tough matchups, but I could see them getting one of those two Philly. They're going to um, play twice. They could split. I think they could get Detroit twice. Blake Griffin is sitting out tonight. Um, so I, I really think that they have the opportunity here in January. Um, you know, I've kind of heard uh, just floated around heat Twitter timelines that just being 500 by the end of January should be considered a success. I think they can get a little ahead of that provided that Jimmy is playing. Um, but this is, I'm going to, and people are going to be sick of hearing this by the end of the season after all of these podcasts, but I'm going to keep saying this, the regular season never, um, like last year, never proved more 
that uh, the regular season is not the indicator for Miami. They want to go in healthy. Mm-hmm. And when with less and less chance that there's going to be fans in the stands, it, it evens the playing field that way. So I just don't see it being that big of a concern as long as they're not like falling out of playoff contention. All right. Final thing here for you, Alex. Tyler Hero is, I think, the guy everybody's going to be watching without Jimmy, regardless of whether Dragic is in the starting lineup or not. He's playing against the team he knows well, team he played well against in the, in the playoffs. Against, you know, it's not going to be in Milwaukee, but obviously he gets up for these a little bit more because, as he even said today, he told us on the podcast, they don't love him up there. He left, he, he left there instead of saying to go to Wisconsin, to go to Kentucky. They did ask um, him about that, by the way. He didn't just offer that up just to get the conference. No, I know he gets asked about that all the time, and yes. I, but he, we asked him about it too, and, and and he plays into it a little bit. But again, this is not in Milwaukee, but he's going to get up for this. He's going to get watched by people back home in this game. What do you want to see in this back to back? How does he make people feel better about where he? I is I think right there's now? a lot of potential for Tyler in these two games, especially if Jimmy. I mean, whether Jimmy plays or doesn't play, we know Tyler's starting, and again. The drop defense stuff just makes it so much easier on him. No, because you can predict where the defense is going to be, right? And I think that's kind of important for a guy like Tyler Hero, who's in, only in his second year in the league. And you know, it just kind of makes decision making and being that point guard out there, especially with an with an emphasis on that with, with Jimmy out of the lineup. I think it makes it a lot easier for him on knowing like what shots are going to be there for him and how to play in the flow of a offense like that, where he's not going to. He's going to have the ball a lot, but a lot of it is also going to go through Bam as well. There's going to be a lot of motion, as we all know. And I want to see from him a controlled aggression, right? Like, I want to see him being aggressive, whether it's, you know, trying to look for his shot or trying to be the point guard. But I don't want it to be too much. Like, we've seen it. He kind of might get out of hand, especially when Jimmy isn't on the line, you know, isn't on the floor, I mean. And so as long as he, you know, he keeps the turnovers down, he makes his shots. I think he's going to look good. I think he's going to get some easy ones up and there's going to be some good momentum going into Tyler Hero after these two games. One other point to make, one other point to make. Um, Kendrick Nunn played pretty well against the Bucks in the regular season. That's what I'm saying. So again, Spolster may look at that a little bit. He played pretty well against him. I think you're right. The hero gets some opportunities to maybe makes people feel better about him. The Harden stuff is still looming. I'm not even talking about the performance Harden had the other day. I don't even want to get into it. Uh, but but it, but obviously, it's still out there. And I know we've been talking in our threads about some other teams that could get involved here, like Portland. We're going to save that for other episodes. Alex will be at the game tomorrow night, correct? Right? You're going to be there, I think. I'm not. Yes, you'll be there. You'll be sitting there in 124 next to the fake fans. Uh, so Alex will be there tomorrow night. I will likely be at the game on Wednesday. Check out our YouTube channel, Five Reasons YouTube. We're almost at 10,000, so help us get there. I might give a special prize to whoever gets to 10,000. I don't want to say it till it's too close, but go to Five Reasons YouTube. Just Google it, click on it, subscribe. It's free. You help us out. You help us provide more content. Have a great night. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network.